What does it mean for a leader to be authentic? Can you be authentic and still play the organizational political game? And does authenticity helps or hurts a security leader? Stay tuned. Welcome to the Security Leadership Podcast. My name is Yaron Levy. My day job is a CISO. And I'm a member of the security community for more than 10 years. With me here is my co-host Jeff Snyder, who is an executive coach and a security recruiter since 1997. Welcome, Jeff. Good afternoon. So, Jeff, I have a somewhat of a funny story to tell you. A few years ago, I think it was 2007 or 2008, I was in Barbados, a very nice island in the Caribbean, actually one of the nicest places I've ever been. And um, I was on a business trip, and I was walking back after work, went to my hotel, changed, I was by myself and decided to take a walk and just enjoy the scenery. So I was walking from my hotel all the way to, uh, I don't know, I probably walked like a couple of miles, Um, got to a gas station. I was uh, thirsty, so I bought myself a bottle of water, and I bought myself a candy bar. And as I walk out of that gas station, out of that convenience store, I open the door, and an older lady comes in, so I hold the door for her to to come in. And I had, you know, my water bottle in one hand, and I had my bar, my, my chocolate bar in my other hand, and I was holding it all with my, with my feet. And she looked at me, And she said, young man, you don't need to eat that. You're too fat. (laughs) So I looked at her. I said, well, thank you. And I continued eating my chocolate bar and off I went. So it seems like, you know, um, in the U.S. we have probably less direct culture. And, And over the last 30 years or so, there's a strong emphasis on politically correctness. Do, do we live in a non-authentic society? Wow, that's a loaded question. Uh, I think in many, many cases, we absolutely do. So what does it do to us? What does it mean to be authentic? Oh, Authentic or authenticity has a whole bunch of different definitions. So uh, rather than giving each of those definitions, I've been studying the synonyms of authenticity. Should I share a few of those? Yes, please. How about genuineness, validity, candidness, legitimacy, And then I was really pleased to see this. Several years ago, I conducted my own research out of my very large LinkedIn network. And I went out and asked people in my network, what would it take for you to follow? And I think I might have used the word even submit to a leader. And I got very candid responses. I got hundreds of responses. 
so many that I had to put them in a spreadsheet. Well, there were three terms that came back to me over and over and over, and they quickly rose to the top. They also happened to be synonyms for authenticity, honesty, integrity, and trust. So we talked about that in one of our previous episodes um, about what people are looking for in, in their leader. Right. And, you know, I read somewhere that being authentic means that you act in ways that show your true self and how you feel rather than showing people only a particular side of yourself. You express your whole self genuinely. That means to succeed in being authentic, you first have to know who your true self actually is. Why many people don't seem authentic? Well, can I give you an example of someone that I have coached and we we came up with some game-changing, life-changing results. Would that be all right? That'd be great. Well, we'll call this person John. I don't know the last time I coached someone named John, so uh, I can't make a mistake there. John came to me, and fast forward a couple of months into our coaching, he said, you know, I've been living 11 through 20. And you're telling me I should be living 1 through 10. Now, let me explain what that means. What he's making reference to are his unique Clifton Strength results. There are 34 traits. And what he had discovered is he has been trying to be the character that aligns with traits 11 through 20, pretty much disregarding the traits that align with 1 through 10. And 1 through 10 is his unique DNA. It's his personal power. And he's been trying to live out of the the next 10, essentially. So that was a, a, a light bulb moment for sure. But the real excitement that that happened in that situation is when he decided to accept the fact that he was one through 10 and he really wasn't doing a very good job at trying to be 11 through 20. Well, not only that, it it led him to stress. It led him to um, heart disease. It led him to a number of, of behavioral issues that needed to be erased from his life anyway, those same issues would not exist if he would simply accept who he really is. Which is basically be your true self. That's exactly right. So, you know, since we are children, we are molded by our parents, teachers, you know, uh, um, religious leaders, peers, and and society overall to fit in. You know, as a result of that, we develop beliefs, thoughts, emotions, you know, and behaviors that keep us acting, not necessarily in the ways that make us feel like our own authentic selves. You, You start talking about, you know, the Clifton strength, but how does that conflict with our strength? 
the fact that we are acting to fit in as opposed to acting as us. Well, it seems like I picked the perfect example. So I'll go back to John. Uh, John came to me, I don't know, maybe he's 40-ish years old. So he has spent the last 20 years trying to perfect a version of himself that isn't himself. So there's a couple of things, there's a lot of things, but there are a couple of things I'll mention that happen when we try to be someone that we're truly not. Uh, number one, we'll never, ever create an excellent performance trying to act out that life that we're not supposed to be living. Number two, we're very, very likely to walk around with an awful lot of stress. So when you live outside of who you really are and what your core values really are, you're going to have conflict and friction. So one of the strengths that we have in Clifton Strength, it's called belief. How those beliefs are tied to authenticity? Wow. Um, I, I didn't know you were going to ask all these questions. And it still ties to the example of John. Uh, in fact, I've worked with, I think, four different people on the particular trait called belief in the last week. Uh, belief can be religious, but it isn't necessarily. It's, it's whatever is connected to a person's core values. And of course, you need to know what your core values are in order to connect your belief strength to your core values. So belief is about a mission and a purpose. It's about living for a cause, living for a mission. So this is just coming to my mind, somebody who might decide to go to work for the Red Cross uh, probably is going to earn a little less money than somebody who works in a brokerage firm. I'm just guessing. Um, somebody who who goes to work for the Salvation Army is going to earn less money, but both the Red Cross and the Salvation Army might align with somebody's core values. So they may purposely decide to take less money in order to work in a place where they can go live out their mission, their personal core values every single day. Which I think can be said also for security professionals. I mean, obviously, I mean, they don't make less money. I mean, the market situation is such that, you know, security professionals for the most part make decent living. Um, but I think that sense of purpose, that sense of mission, it's something that many of us have in common. And you've seen that with law enforcement. You've seen that with military people. How do they align around the mission and, you know, bringing, bringing themselves into support and to deliver that mission. What just came to my mind was uh, uh, a stay that I had in the hospital after open heart surgery. Believe it or not, my best caretaker 
and I hope I hope if he ever hears this, I don't offend him by using the wrong title, but I think his title was nurse. And he was my nurse overnight. So he had the, the graveyard shift. That nurse was probably in his 40s. And he left behind a career managing grocery stores to go to nursing school as a grown adult and change directions entirely. The reason I bring that person to mind is that person uh, was clearly the best nurse that I was fortunate to be cared by. Would you say that that person has been authentic? Oh, I, I thought he was uh, absolutely authentic. And he, he absolutely worked as though he were working around his passion and that nursing and taking care of uh, people who couldn't take care of themselves was something that he was born to do. It just seems like it took him you know, 40 or 45 years to figure that out. So if you go back to our first episode, when we talked about, are you doing what you can or are you doing what you should? Yeah. If you are doing what you should, this is authenticity. If you're doing what you should be doing, passion is easy to come up with. In fact, you probably don't even have to do anything to turn on your passion. It just comes out of you. It oozes out of you. Absolutely. When you speak truthfully, authentically, you show others that you are responsible, that you can be trusted, and that you trust others enough to show your genuine, vulnerable self. At the same time, it seems like, especially at work, that our messages are let's say filtered. You know, we heard many times things like, well, you can't tell that to the executive that way, or this will be political suicide. Why are we so afraid to be authentic? Oh, do you really want me to answer that one? Yes, please. Well, many people are afraid to be authentic because the real person that they are in their mind doesn't line up with the person that they want to be or sometimes think they are. So if that person all of a sudden becomes transparent, they, they let other people inside, they become vulnerable, they show emotions, they're gonna show who they really are. And if they're not confident about who they really are, if they're not living in alignment with who they really are, they know that that message is is going to expose them in a bad way. Which goes back to A, have self-awareness, but also B, have self-confidence or self-assurance. And, and we know that many people, you know, fear is pretty strong. A lot of people are not self-assured. That's correct. So that also may hurt your authenticity. You want to know how many people exactly are not high in self-assurance? How many? Uh, more than 95%. So less than 5% of society 
scores high in self-assurance on Clifton Strengths. Out of all 34 traits, it comes in at number 34. It's rock bottom. So that brings me to security professionals. And, you know, um, many times security professionals are the bearers of bad news. But even if we don't come to report a breach or, or another catastrophe, our job is to identify threats and risks and communicate them such that they can be properly addressed. And, you know, for many people, it seems like security professionals are always negative. How should we communicate authentically without being perceived as prophets of doom all the time? Learn how to be more curious and ask more questions and listen to what really matters to your audience before you walk in and, you know, dump a wheelbarrow on their desk and tell them, about all the things that they don't care about. So being authentic doesn't necessarily mean, oh, you're just, you know, rough around the edges or nasty about it. Is there a way to be authentic and nice? Sure there is. And the way to do that is before you go in and share that potentially bad news, invest more time to build relationships in the first place. So if you've invested time to strategically build relationships, maybe before you need that relationship, you you show sincere interest in people, you show empathy for other people, you care about what's going on in other people's lives, and you don't just show up when, when you need to dump a bunch of bad news, um, the time when you need to develop or the time when you need to share the bad news is the time when you already need to have a trusting, authentic relationship built. And that's the key. It's the trust factor. That is the key. So if you are authentic, that actually helps build the trust because people know that what they see is what they get. They're going to know that what comes out of you is it's candid, it's legitimate, it's, it's valid. And they're going to know you as someone who operates with honesty and integrity and who deserves to be trusted. Jeff, how important is it for a leader to be authentic? And is it even more important for a security leader? It is 100% critically important for leaders to be authentic. Uh, It's both my opinion and it's the result of research that I've gone out and done. Uh, I'll use the words again. People came back to me and said, I will submit to and follow a leader if I perceive that they are honest. I will submit to and follow a leader when I perceive that they have integrity. They operate with integrity and I can believe in them. And when they operate that way, that's when I'll turn on my trust switch, but not until then. You know, I was asked recently uh, by somebody if I could describe in two words 
What is the essence of my team? How do I know if I have a good team or not? And my answer was integrity and trust. And I think for, especially for a security team, um, you know, since sometimes we kind of need to operate on the wrong side of the line, you know, without crossing the line completely. Um, and because, you know, we have access to a lot of sensitive information um, and, you know, like Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. In order to operate effectively and in order to ensure that people truly, truly believe in supporting your mission, you have to maintain that integrity and trust. You can't go rogue and, and leverage, you know, the tools and capabilities that you have to actually do bad things, even if sometimes people are asking you to do that. So integrity and trust are definitely the cornerstones for, at least for my security team. Uh, but I think I would love to see that, you know, in many other teams as well. So this brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, Jeff, this was a fantastic conversation about authenticity. I think this is one of the uh, one of the topics that I don't think we talk enough about. And um, I know personally for me, this is something that um, it's very, very important. So I want to thank you for bringing this topic to my attention when uh, you know we're doing our sessions and uh, for providing uh, your wisdom and guidance on this topic here in this episode. So thank you. Oh, thank you for those words. And I also want to thank our audience and everyone who was uh, sharing their feedback and thoughts with us. Uh, please continue to do so. Uh, you can contact us via LinkedIn through our profile pages or through the Cybersecurity Leadership page. Uh, also, we would greatly appreciate if you can post feedback and uh, rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google or Spotify. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next time.